Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we talked about the Big Ten's return to football, the Detroit Lions' embarrassing loss, a topic we spent way too much time on, and the wider Week 1 picture as a whole, before we sat down and drafted our ideal MSU basketball lineup. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not becoming a corporate sellout, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys, Lucas and Brett. Guys, what's going on? Life is good. Future voice. Um, no, everything, everything's going well. We got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Um, we'll get to that. So we got a lot of football. Hey, yeah. Hey. Um, so let's start with this. Um, you're listening to this on Thursday. Um, it's Tuesday night. So, uh, I'm going to put up a, I'm going to put up a freezing cold takes alert real quick and say that the big 10 probably came back in between the time we started recording this podcast and the time it's the time you're listening to it. So we don't know anything at this point. We don't know the start date. It's probably going to be October 17th. Um, we don't know what the schedule looks like. We don't know. We don't know anything, but the one thing we probably do know is at this point is that the big 10 is returning Um, off the top guys, your thoughts. Um, They got to give it a shot. I mean, they're being made fun of by everybody and you know, like the pac 12, I think I read is starting to come back or at least they're aggressively looking like the big 10 is. So and like Brett has been saying with the rapid testing, I think it's you got to give it a shot and see what happens. Who knows? They could they can make it through. They can make it through a season. I'm, I kind of think they will now. Yeah, to kind of echo off your thoughts, Lucas. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been kind of harping on the rapid testing being a big key. And then I saw somebody today from Ohio State. I think one of their track and field coaches. He mentioned how each player, if, if they do test positive for COVID, they'll have to go through test negative two or three times before they can return as well as getting that heart screening, which is going to be the, the big key because that's been the myocarditis. Um, that's been the real issue with some of the, the school presidents is you, you don't want to have a guy having a long-term or even a shorter term heart problem where they could potentially uh, be a fatal situation. So, I mean, if they can acquire all the resources in order to test people as well as um, approve them to get back on the field, I, I see really no problem with them playing. I, I think that really softens up all the safety concerns as best as you can. Um, and then like we see at Michigan state, there's already some type of faux bubble as most people aren't on campus. So you have the team who's going to be pretty much quarantined to themselves for the most part. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my thoughts are a little complicated um, it's kind of there's this weird dichotomy going on right now where a lot of ADs and presidents are testifying before Congress fighting against NIL, saying that they're student athletes, they're student athletes, yet football is the only fall sport they're bringing back into competition, right? If rapid testing was such a game changer and was so readily available, then why can't we bring back volleyball? or cross country or the fall golf season, right? 
but they're only focusing on bringing back football because football makes a shit ton of money. So they want to have their cake and eat it too. And I think this is the point where the players need to go, enough is fucking enough. You've, you're, we want to play, but you can't, you can't, you can't jerk us around like this for two months and then go, you're going to play. And also we're going to fight against you being able to sell ads on your Instagram story. Fuck you. Suit up boy. That's not, that doesn't fly with me. It just doesn't. So unless the big 10 can look, I want, I want the big 10 to return, right? No matter when MSU takes the field again, they're going to be, they're going to be raw. There's, there's a lot of young talent. Um, it's the first year under Mel Tucker. We talked about it. It was always going to be a struggle. Okay, MSU was not going to be good this year. And I don't mean any offense to any player on the roster when I say that, but they just – they don't have – they're just not there. They're, it's a first-year coach who had to install a new system through Zoom. And then, and then all the stopping and starting with the quarantine period – and the uncertainty of, well, what can teams do while we figure out this return to play situation? I just don't see a scenario in where MSU is going to be good. But again, it's super fucking weird to get an email from President Stanley saying MSU is going to do everything they can to limit the spread of COVID-19 in and around East Lansing and then send 200 people who live in East Lansing around the country for eight weeks. It's just fucking weird to me. And I understand that rapid testing gives way to better contact tracing and all that stuff. But like Wisconsin's chancellor, right? Rebecca Blank, I think her name is. She said something today about football doesn't generate that much revenue for the school. Which like, come the fuck on, man. Like, you wouldn't be fighting this hard to bring football back if that wasn't true. So exactly. I wish they would just I wish they would just come out and say it. We don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. None they want the, these guys to get brain damp. None of the conferences give a fuck. No, none of the conferences give a fuck. And this is this is the problem I have with college athletics. I love college football. I enjoy college football. I grew up watching college football. It's one of the it's one of the things I have that bonds me and my father and my grandfather and my uncle and my grandpa's friends. And I grew up in dingy dive bars watching college football every Saturday. But as I get older and as I start to understand the wider world around college athletics, I find the existence of college football and its current firm more and more objectionable. And I don't know how I can justify my irrational love and passion for MSU football with my rational understanding that these players are being exploited for capital gain for massive universities whose first focus should really be on research. And it's kind of fucking ridiculous that one of the only programs outside of the one program who would benefit from having a season is a school that is not in the American, that is not in the Association of American Universities and drags down the entire academic profile of the whole conference just by being in there. Are you talking about our friends down in Nebraska? I am talking about our friends down at Nebraska. 
So I don't know. It's go. Fuck just, just Thanos meme. I am inevitable. Whatever. Football's back. I'll get excited about it at some point, but right now it's just hard to. It's hard to look at what's going on in the wider landscape of college athletics and go, "Fuck yeah, college football." So that's where I'm at. Um, speaking of getting hard, being difficult to get excited about, the Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> guys, I'm I'm past the point of like being upset. Um. On Sunday, when the Bears scored that touchdown to make it, what was it, 23-12, 23-13? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to blow this. And then they blew it. And then I laughed real hard for a little bit. Um, I actually kind of – I'm actually kind of happy in some kind of weird 7D shoots and ladders, shout out to uh, Matt Sheehan kind of way, that the Lions lost this game because – this basically this basically seals Patricia and Quinn. They're gone. I mean, I don't see any way they can keep their jobs after that. Unless they somehow win a playoff game this year, which you have to win you have to like close out games in order to win playoff games. So good luck with that. Dagger time. Yeah. Dagger time. Fucking idiots. Um that's you know, I'm not even that mad. Honestly, Brett, you're, you're, you're probably the most rational Lions fan I know. Yeah. Uh, what were you feeling on Sunday? I mean, it's, it's a little combination of everything. You, every season, you, as a Lions fan, you have some just unpromising optimism for the season. You always think, hey, maybe this team will kind of pull it together a little bit. And then that happens, and you get excited. But then your adulthood kicks in, and you – just think, hey, this is something's going to happen bad. Something bad is going to happen, and we saw that happen. But you look, make Mitchell Trubisky look like the second coming of Peyton Manning out there, just torching your defense in the second half. Just in, like you said with Matt Patricia, he he showed his ass on Sunday. I mean, he's been doing it for this is his third year, and we saw it against the Jets. That was the first time we've seen it multiple times after. But his statement after the game was so awe-inspiring and just befuddling of, I made one of the greatest fourth-quarter play calls in the history of football. No, Which, no you didn't. Malcolm no, you Butler didn't. sniffed that out. That was not The him. guy you fucking hired to run your offense made one of the worst calls in Super Bowl in history, history, and you're taking credit for it. The only thing you can take credit for is that you put 11 guys out onto the field. That is the yeah. only thing you can fucking take credit for as the defensive coordinator on that play. The only thing that pissed me off. So that kind of arrogance, that kind of unearned arrogance that all these Patriots assistants coming out of New England seem to have about themselves and the, the media landscape surrounding them is fucking ridiculous. They think that just because Belichick is a dick to the media, that they also have to be dicks to the media. Right. Yep. When, they, and, when they've done nothing to deserve to even earn a little bit of that. Right. Right. Here's the thing. Bill Belichick's a dick to him, dick to the media, but he has seven Super Bowl rings. <laughs> and also he's funny, like straight up. Belichick's <laughs> like pretty fucking funny. He's in commercials now. He's in, um, Oh, was it a subway commercial? Yeah. He's doing fucking subway commercials. <laughs> so he's, you know, you can't fucking go, you can't be a dick and lose. 
You know, no. I think uh, there's this Netflix show, Coach. It's like this cartoon about a foul-mouthed basketball coach. He goes, uh, the first episode, the principal's talking to him, and she goes, you can't be an asshole and lose. Like, right. you know, 33 games Matt Patricia has coached, 11 of them have, have a fourth-quarter blown lead. One-third of <laughs> – one third of all games this guy has in his head coaching career has a has a blown fourth quarter lead. So, and, I mean, he's gone. Quinn's going to be gone. Ron Wood's probably going to be gone. So we're going to have we're going to have a whole new fucking yeah. He ate Martha's box to get the to get Ooh. the job, and he's well, just be done bad. Well, he was running the Henry Ford, so that made him qualified to be a NFL team president. But really, I mean, my. Well, Brett, Brett, I mean, it makes it tracks, right? If you organize the the old-timey baseball scrimmage at Greenfield Village, you had uh-huh. something to do with sports. Yeah. So that means you'll be able to run an NFL team because you organized an old-timey baseball scrimmage with a bunch of fucking history nerds. Well, I mean, yeah, and he, he, was, he was integral in the hiring of Matt Patricia, whose defense – his defensive logic is something that from the 1930s where you don't rush the passer, you just kind of wait, sit there for some guy to come, then you try to tackle them. But really my initial reaction after the game was that I've wanted Matt Patricia gone since his first year, basically after that Monday night disaster against the Jets, I've, I've, I've turned on this guy. I love the hire at first. That's another discussion for another day. But the fact that this fool was allowed to keep his job after the debacle last year, I don't care that Matthew Stafford was injured. I don't care that X and Y happened. This guy turns every superstar player against him. He, mm-hmm. Darius Slay, one of the most likable athletes Detroit has had, most personable guy. He turned him into a villain, which is remarkable to me. Quandre Diggs, same thing. You could have rolled out a secondary. That would have been one of the best in the NFL this year if you would have kept those two as well as drafted Jeff Okuda. But no, you had his drinking buddy, Bob Quinn, brought him on. He fired Jim Caldwell. I cannot wait for these two clowns to be gone. They, their sense of arrogance and entitlement is something I've never seen before. The Ford family, their culture that they've kind of created around this football program allows for people who have proven nothing in their lives to feel like they have this sense of entitlement. I've never seen the same thing happen with Martin Mayhew, Matt Millen, Bobby Ross. I mean, you could go back since JFK's brain was still intact. That's when this all started. It's a, it, no, it's, a, it's a disgrace. And the Lions fans, like, the only reason that this is allowed to continue to happen is because you have these brain-dead idiots who are basically the United States equivalent to the North Koreans reading propaganda that allow this to happen. They, they still buy tickets. They sell at Ford Field every Sunday. I mean, you had people buying – I'm not going to say names, but you had people buying $200 cutouts just to be in the stadium. Like, they, they support this, this trash. Like, it just poop in a bag every Sunday. And they just take it and they eat it. They love it. But I mean, I think here's here's the reality of of the modern NFL is nobody's ever going to sell a team until either a they're forced to by the league because they're because they're predators, or b they get scammed out of they get scammed out of all their money by like I don't know fucking Bernie Madoff, yeah, Bernie whoever, Madoff, yeah, whoever the fuck. And even that sometimes doesn't get them to sell the team. Sometimes they keep the team for another decade. Yeah. Um, here, 
Roger, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say about these guys. Um, I, one I, thing I would really, sorry, Lucas, um, oh, I was just going to, I was just going to ask you, you know, how's your, how was your father-in-law on Sunday? Cause I know he's a, Oh man, a Lions fan. I, I, man, you, we connected there. Um, I, you know, I watched these games with him and like I've said, I've kind of become a Lions fan on the side, like with, you know, bonding by him, bonding with him. And, um, we grew pretty silent when the bear, when the bears made it 23, 13, especially him. And he's gotten a lot more calm over the years. Like if this were him three years ago, he'd probably be screaming at the TV and saying fuck on over and over. But, um, I, this game broke him. Cause for, I remember telling him the first year that Patricia was there, like, look, dude, I don't think this guy's it. And he goes, well, you know, six and 10, I think that's a good building block. And I'm like, well, sure. But I, I just don't see it with him. Like these, these Belichick disciples take the things that they shouldn't take from him and think that they can do it. Uh, And then last year's whole debacle, you know, I was at the point where I'm like, I hope they tell him turn in his windbreaker and turn in his goddamn pencil. Like you're fucking out. But this game broke him. Like he's, he was silent when when Swift dropped that pass, and um, he just said, "I mean, about a half hour later, we you know we were watching Tom Brady get his chip pushed in a little bit, and he said, uh, I just want one one day. That's all.' And I felt so bad. Like hear him say that sucked. He just goes, "I just want to see them do something one day, just once." Yeah, and like my my grandpa, your father-in-law, all these people who have followed this team for so long. And, you know, is it their fault a little bit? Yeah. But I just – I don't know. I, one thing I, I personally would really like to know is whose decision was it to keep Quinn and Patricia? Because we know that Martha handed over the reins to – Sheila Hamp Ford, her is she her daughter or daughter-in-law? Daughter, daughter. daughter. Okay, direct offspring. Okay, so she handed <laughs> it to her fucking cum pet, right? <laughs> and in in an official capacity in July, but what we don't know is how long has she been unofficially making decisions, the day-to-day decisions within the team. And I would really like to know if it was her or if it was Martha who decided to keep these fuckers around. My I gotta gut, guess Sheila. My gut, Sheila. my gut, my gut tells me it's Sheila. Yep. Because I, some kind of weird kind of mentality of you need to keep coaches three years, and you know we're we're gonna get deep. I mean the lines are gonna get fucking deep dipped by Rodgers this Sunday. I mean it's. They're a touchdown favorite, and I think – I mean, that's about as high as the NFL goes unless you're complete shit. That's a – that's a – I think that's easy money. Yeah, that's a bet the mortgage. I mean, straight up. Bet the fucking mortgage. The thing I want to know before we move on, like, I kind of was alarmed. You know, I told my father-in-law before Patricia got hired, like, hey, I think – they're going to get Matt Patricia. And, you know, I said, you know, you should watch a Super Bowl since you don't watch many New England games. And that Super Bowl, you know, they gave up what? 48 points to Big Dick Nick. 50-something points. Yeah. And um, 
I was a little alarmed because it because the Giants all of a sudden turned the other way. Like they they I kind of wonder why they decided against Matt Patricia, and I'm sure it was really nothing. It might have just been a mutual agreement, but couldn't get consent like, to talk to him. They didn't. Oh oh oh! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, right? <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> but. <laughs> I kind of wonder why they stopped talking to him and I don't know the whole situation. So I'm just kind of talking up my ass, but, and then, you know, his first game, he gets whooped, what, 48 to 14 or some shit. You know, they have Slay has that pick six to start and you're thinking, Oh, this is going to, this could be it. And then they get, you know, it's the ball kicking video, like over and over and over and over for, for 40, 45 more minutes. I, I, I never saw it with Patricia. I think there were glimpses of him being a good coach, but the, like you said, I, I was appalled when he bragged about that Malcolm Butler interception, which, I mean, sure, you might see that in film study, like they're going to run this play, but it's not like Patricia had, you know, had, had it read in his mind that they were going to call that play. Everyone in the world knew that Marshawn was getting that ball, but Butler, you know, cut over and picked him off like that I think that was and my my father-in-law did tell me that he's like that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back too hearing him say that shit I'm and done I'm done even with insulting even even if we were to like you know kind of extrapolate that logic out so you were able to predict a play was coming before it happens and then you hire a guy to call plays for you a two three years later what the fuck are you doing <laughs> it's just damage control at this point it's like how, how long can this guy survive sorry brett go ahead i don't like how how can this guy survive past the bye week i mean they have green bay who's gonna do some very nasty things to them this upcoming sunday then they have arizona who's looking like they're legit legit i mean they just yeah. beat San Francisco, then, I mean, you finish that off, and then you get New Orleans before the bye. And they're going to do some nasty things to you, too. I really don't see them winning any three of those games. Then if you come they, out of the bye. I think if they lose all three close, like if they – okay, if they compete with Green Bay and lose by 10, you know, like say they say Green Bay scores late minute touchdown, and I think they can still play the Cardinals close, but I don't know. Kyler Murray's looking like – looking pretty good. And having DeAndre Hopkins is another – is on another level and new Orleans, I don't see them keeping that close, but if they somehow did, I could see whoever's running the show, Sheila or Quinn or, you know, Ron Wood saying, you got to start winning. Like you got to get to like five, six wins, which pretty much spells their doom anyway. I, I, I don't know how, Patricia survives 0-4 going into the bye. If he survives 0-4 going into the bye, then that means if he, by some fucking miracle, fucking remember the Titans-esque bullshit, (laughs) pulls it out of his ass and somehow manages five wins, he's staying. That's what that tells me. Get to five, six wins, it means you upset a decent team or two if not more. And if they beat the fucking bears once, I mean, that might get some heat off of him. 
Because Mitch Trubisky's a, a – I can't believe how good they make him look. They make him look like he's Pat Mahomes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So I just don't – if they go 0-4 into the bye and Patricia survives the bye, then he – bare minimum staying the rest of the season. Yeah. So Black Monday or Bloody Monday or Black Monday is going to be going to be the day. And I don't see how, I mean, if you fire, you're going to have to fire both of the fools. I don't think you can just fire Patricia and keep Quinn because, I mean, they're they're drinking buddies. Like Quinn says he's he's his guy. He's he's Patricia's his guy. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to just let them. I mean, Rod Wood, he when he first was hired, he talked about how he used to fire people at age 13 working for his dad. So he has like this fetish of firing people. I, he just needs to pull the trigger on these two. Let Rod Wood be the GM for the rest of the year. It's hard. I'll say this. It's, it's a lot harder to fire a GM in the middle of the season. Um, I think sure. – I, I don't hate the way Quinn constructed the roster. Um, I think that – I think that this team is probably a little closer than a lot of people think it is right now. But like you said, Brett, Quinn staked his reputation on this fat motherfucker and he has continually failed at every level. So when you, when you say shit like Matt Patricia is my guy and Matt Patricia blows a fourth quarter lead and a third of the games he has ever coached, then I don't know how you can further justify your existence. He should just go like full Trump and like deny shit that he said. Like, Oh, I never said he was my guy. That that could be anybody on that. audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could have been me. <laughs> so it was doctored. <laughs> I'm not interested in speculating. I know who I want. I know who I want, you know, Brett, I think, I think we're pretty, we're pretty close he, on who we want to replace Patricia. Really D- does he work for Kansas City? He works for the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Okay. I mean, it's one of the two for me. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe a front office guy in Kansas City or San Francisco. Ozzie Newsome. Or Get him Baltimore. out of retirement. At, who's, who's the guy in Baltimore? Is it, it's not John Harbaugh, is it? No, Greg Roman. Greg Roman. The, the Greg OC. Roman. Okay. I yeah. forgot he was he's um, always with a Harbaugh. And then, you know, I hate to, you know, I was talking about this earlier in a, with some, with some Lions people, but I hate, I hate the idea of trading a quarterback as good as Stafford can be at times. He looked really bad at some points on Sunday, but he probably still has a couple years left in the tank. Mm -hmm. And I would really hate to just kind of trade him a panic to kind of panic dump him for pennies. Um, if you can get a first round pick from a contender who's having injury problems in the quarterback room, then you absolutely have to, you absolutely have to take that deal. Like if Carson Wentz goes down again, you can probably get a first from Philly. Yeah. Um, Peterson has to win or else he could be in trouble eventually. too. Yeah. If Jimmy G keeps having confidence issues, maybe you, maybe you just, who knows, right? I mean, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. Um, one thing we do know is that the Lions are going to continue to be bad because they've always been bad. Nothing means anything. It's hey. all an endless void of pain 
And I don't know why I support these motherfuckers. It sucks. I am way too loyal. And I just know that I'm going to spend a Saturday in October watching MSU get their shit pushed in by Penn State and then turn around 21 hours later and watch the Lions lose in a new and more interesting way. As long as you have fun. As long as we're having fun. Is fun fun code for all of the beer I am able to find and push down my throat? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. So, in in nerd shit news, we got a Mando trailer today, boyos. I'm so... Ooh! So, uh, no Ahsoka. We didn't see Ahsoka. Nope. No Boba Fett. It was pretty basic. Yeah, it was, you know, your basic, your basic shit. Um, but we did get Baby Yoda, and that's the most important part. Yeah. What else do you need in life besides Baby Yoda? It, it's another part of 2020 that feels normal. Like, somehow they squeezed in this season before everything went to shit. And it's nice that it's coming out and you know, in 2020, just enough, like the NFL coming back was normal, a little bit of normal. And it's nice to see Mando back. Like I, I can't fucking wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for Mando. Brett, in your uh, star Wars binge watch, did you include season one of Mando? We did, no, we ne- not yet. We never really so talked I, about. No, I'll probably save it for when the second season comes out. Cause when I binge, I binge. So I can probably get, all seasons down within a weekend yeah it's a quick watch i think it's only i think the first it's only six episodes they're all hovered around a half hour um but we're gonna do recaps aren't we yeah we'll do recaps yes. okay um because cool. you know we're we're movie wire um so <laughs> <laughs> uh but other than other than what's going on right now um i just you know, going back to the Lions, Justin Coleman got placed on the IR today. Yep. Um, so he's out until at least week six. Um, he has so, a hamstring, right, Hammy? Yeah. Yep. So we don't know what a CUDA status is. According to Valeni, um, even if Okuda was healthy, I I don't want to – I didn't want to spend this much time on the Lions, but it's just kind of like this thing where – I can't help myself. The way the game ended and the way it happened, we kind of have to talk about it. It it is the ultimate sign of disrespect that I just fuck this team, man. Fuck them so bad. <laughs> Did uh, you um basically say like I was getting pretty beat up in the three quarter, the first three quarters? And then he's like, in the fourth quarter, we knew everything that was going to happen. Like, we knew what they were going to run. Yeah. It's such an insult to a defensive genius like Matt Patricia. Yeah, the the mad rocket scientist, quote unquote. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how this guy was a rocket scientist. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest genius here. But in order to get a rocket into outer space, don't you need to generate some sort of pressure to get through the atmosphere and this fool is against pressure. So I'm not sure how he was able to get rockets into space. Allegedly. 
it's it's like uh, early Pat Narduzzi at MSU. He run prevent defense so much. Yeah, see, but you can run you can run prevent defense when you have a great secondary. Yeah, and good pass and good pass defending linebackers, and the Detroit Lions have neither. Neither, and also even if Okuda was healthy, according to Valeni, they would have only ran him every third or fourth series. What? Why? What are you? What are you holding him back for? If he's healthy, let the man fucking cook. Well, you have Jelani Tavai out there to hold things down. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, and Jared, legend, don't forget, don't forget Jared, Jared Davis. Davis. Yeah. Well, I mean, legend has it. If you listen to the foothills of Hawaii, you can still hear Jelani Tavai running his forty-yard dash. <laughs> it's it's so fucking ridiculous. This did, fucking. Did you hear that Valeni rant? I heard it. I heard it today. I did. I I did. I heard it on Facebook yesterday. And, you know, it's just... It was a little more tame than I thought it would be. He just seems like he's over it. Well, I think I'm over it, too. It's just... Right. It's so... It's so predictable. Like, you knew this was... I knew this was going to happen. I had rock... I had five... I had the lines going 5-11. and 11. And, yeah. like, I don't like, you know, reek one overreactions, whatever... But I truly believe that this team has quit on Patricia. They don't give a fuck. They hate him. And this, they'll be happy kicking anyone's ass. But the second they get pushed back, they're not going to fight for him. No. Because he's a fucking asshole. No one likes to play for an asshole who loses. It's like, uh, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of Mike Babcock. He was a pretty big asshole in Detroit, but, but he won, he won a cup and he was three minutes, three, four minutes away from winning a second one in a game that I still, that still breaks my heart to this day. But like, that's the difference is Babcock won. Like they won God knows how many division titles, two Western conference titles, the Stanley cup and Patricia has no wins against the bears. Has he beaten the Packers? I think he's beaten them. No, we uh, we swapped the Packers. I think his first year. Yeah, that's right. They weren't that. Gr- I think Rodgers was hurt. Rodgers was hurt the entire year. Yeah. Yeah, he he had a collarbone. Um, I just I don't I don't understand the allure of hiring all these Belichick proteges. Like Bill O'Brien's working, but he's he's barely working. I, I don't know what he has on the Texans GM. Or the Texans. He is. GM. I don't know he is the Texan GM now. Yeah, I don't know what he has on the Texans to, to all of a sudden they fired their GM and he takes the position. It's like uh, uh, Kevin Spacey in uh, Horrible Bosses. Like, I've decided to absorb the position, but I'm only taking 90% of the salary. Like, sacrifices people. That's what Bill O'Brien said, I imagine, to get this shit. But, like, Josh McDaniels was okay, but – you know, he got fired by Denver and Romeo Cornell. Disaster. Like one or two years. Charlie Weiss, disaster. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, that's a flashback. I, it seems like all these Patriots assistants take away the things that you have to earn in order to be Bill Belichick and think that they can do it just because they rode his coattails for a couple of years. 
it just it it's so it sucks. It does suck. It sucks. It sucks. Made your dick. I just. I think Eric Bieniemy would be a kind of a shot in the arm for this team, and Greg Roman would be good too. You know, especially with what he's done with Lamar. But do do you think if they're zero four, do you think it's time to tank for Trevor? I think it's time to tank for Trevor, starting like week five last year. I, we should have taken two off. Take for two years just to make sure. Again, I just I, – I have such – I have such a hard time advocating tanking for a quarterback, even if they're as good as Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, when you know that the guy you have right now still has something in the tank. Because here's the thing, right? They're awesome in college. But if – you know, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be a great NFL quarterback, Right. So, yeah. if you're – there's probably five or six teams who are looking to tank for Trevor right now. So, if you fire – if you fire Matt Patricia, if you want – if you want to – if you want to tank for Trevor Lawrence, you need to fire Matt Patricia at the bye week if you're 0-4. Yep. I mean, if you're – if you're – if you're by some – by some unknowable divine intervention two and two at the bye, then you need to figure out what you need to do because you probably need to go, you probably need to go two and 14 to, to get the number have a shot. To, to have a shot at the number one pick. I mean, um, who I, the people, worst team is, I, I mean, I was going to say Jacksonville before Sunday, they still have one or two win team. I, I don't think, think Cincinnati's going to go down to two, one or two wins this year. Well, no, Giants. I, I think Jacksonville. Giants, yeah. I think Jacksonville is probably going to be – they're not going to be great, but they're probably going to be a little better than people think they are just because Gardner Minshew is a fucking freak. Yeah. And I'm not was, even talking about, like, an athletic freak. Like, he's just, he's just a legitimate freak. Yeah. And I, I think, like him. Yeah. I like him. I like his swag. I like – I love everything about Gardner Minshew. And I think people are saying that the Jaguars are just going to tank because Doug Marone's pretty much fired. It's kind of the same position right. we're in. Um, let me pull up the, let me pull up. This is excellent radio. I'm going to pull up the, I'm going to pull up the top teams on a tankathon right now. I mean, the giants are inadvertently going to probably Cincinnati, take. the Jets. So here's, here's what the, I mean, There, the draft order right now. This isn't uh, this isn't anything you know great, but it's you know um, the number one team right now in the draft power rankings is is Cleveland. Um, you know, right now according to. Right now, according to Tankathon, Detroit is the tenth hardest schedule of any of any team. Um, so, whether or not you know, um, we got to play Carolina. Um, That'll so, be interesting. And Boss. and Indianapolis. Yeah. So it's you know, it, I just I just don't see. 
I don't see us getting – I don't know if we're going to be able to get the number one pick, just straight up, just based on whatever. Um, well, only ways that happens is obviously Patricia being fired and, like, Bevel or whoever the new defensive coordinator is taking over, or maybe neither of them, and Stafford getting hurt. That would be – that would probably pretty much ensure – you're gonna go one and fifteen or two and fourteen. I mean, well, doesn't right keeping now, Patricia make your odds of getting the first pick better? Because the team is—they're not gonna fight for him down the stretch. They—they they want this guy gone more than we do. True. Like they, they legitimately like. All right, you can put the siren on, but I ran into Carryon Johnson once at a store, and I asked him about <laughs> Matt Patricia. No, like his rookie year, and he's like, "We don't fuck with Matt Patricia." That was his rookie year, Matt Patricia's first year, and that's what a rookie was saying about the guy. So this team has hated Matt Patricia. They want this clown gone. If they keep him, they're not going to – I mean, if they have Buffalo, they might fight for him down the stretch, sneak out a win. But if they have Patricia, this team's going to just lay down and die. Mm. Here – Good point. According to Tankathon, we have the 10th pick right now. That doesn't put us anywhere close to to Lawrence or Fields. Um, Of course, this is all based on record. This isn't any kind of – kind of projection or or any kind of like Dallas has the Dallas has the first overall pick right now and their remaining strength of schedule is is one of the easier is one of the easier ones among the top 10 picks um so we'll see what happens I mean I guess it just depends how the rest how the rest of the season shakes out, you know, looking at, looking at draft order after week one is kind of ridiculous, but. <laughs> it's the life of a Lions fan. Exactly. I just don't, it, you know, if. It we was a sight to see on Lions Twitter, like in an hour went from 12 and four, 11 and five to 0 and 16, one and 15. I'm like, probably going to be in the middle of that. Like you got to relax. It's, it's not going to be the horrible one in fifteen. That'd be I'd be floored if they went one in fifteen. But it was just amazing to see the. It was like the Simpsons gif when Ralph gets his heart broken by Lisa, and like Bart pinpoints the exact second when his heart breaks. Like right there, that's where Lions Twitter broke. It was amazing to see. And there are some Lions fans that I laughed at like that. Uh, Mike won pride or whatever. and Ugh. <laughs> But I feel bad overall for Lions fans. You know, I'm, it's just you got to kind of wonder, like, when is it going to break their way? Like, when they sell. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. No, I'm serious. Like, it, yeah, until you're right. they sell, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, that, you, that's what I wrote. Like, it doesn't matter what the fuck they do. I, I have a hard time believing that, and – to expect a family whose main source of income is the Lions to sell is just asinine. So, like, trying to pressure trying to pressure these fucking morons to sell the team isn't a good strategy to cope. So, like, here's the thing that gets me that gets me so hot and bothered about the Lions is like Every other team in the NFL has stumbled ass backwards into success at one point or another. And like the Lions actively avoid that success. The Lions and the Browns are the only two teams in the NFL that have 
an organizational aversion to success. They're afraid of it. They're yeah. It's like it's like it's like uh, it's like vacuuming in front of your dog. Like I don't know what the fuck the deal is, but like the best the Lions have done since 1992 is getting their shit pushed in on the Saturday afternoon wild card games. Well, so, could you call the? I mean, the Dallas game was essentially a win until I'm not time. I'm not interested in doing that. I that's they fucking, that's Detroit versus everybody bullshit. They choke. <laughs> I I am not I am not on board with blaming the referees in any situation for anything. Right. They're like 0.154% of all games across all of recorded history where the referees have had a direct out have have had a direct outcome on the situation of the game, and it was no one else's fault. Well, I was just saying it because they were they played Dallas right to the wire. Yeah, they did play Dallas right to the wire, but they still fucking lost. Yeah, so, yeah they were up you know, 14. They choked. Yeah, they choked. Uh, yeah. They fucking – stop me if you heard this before. The Detroit Lions choked in the second half. They choked against New Orleans, is like, what, in 2011 when they made yeah. the wild card? They were up seven going into the half. Choke. Yeah, they looked good in that game, and all of a sudden the wheels just fell off. And, like, with the Browns, this is going to be a very interesting season if they lose to Cincinnati on uh, Thursday. Uh, That's a game I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because what are you going to do? Like, what do you do with Baker? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, if, if, the Browns, if the Browns suck again this year – with a different head, with a third head coach, and Baker, can, and Baker isn't making any progression. Do you fire Stefanski and go get another guy? You like what's the way? What's Baker. the way forward? I, like, you, the way I think forward? you, got, you, you can't. You can't pay Baker. No. If he no. sucks again, if he continues down this path, you can't pay Baker. Well, and and the thing I heard on. Um, ESPN at night because I go to work so fucking early. But like, like Stefanski ran a lot of play action last year, and that's what Lincoln Riley did for Baker at Oklahoma. You know, he ran a lot of shotgun, but he also ran a decent amount of play action. And they no coach has been doing that for Baker. And I just don't understand why you can't look at his college film and say, here's what worked well, or watch the games that. He did well in like when he first started, he was decent. Like they were in the hunt. All of a sudden, they were like big cat. They were in the hunt on that graphic. I, I don't understand how it's so hard to to do more research on these guys and not just like call up a hot OC and say, "Hey, you're good. You can fix my quarterback." And some of them, a decent amount of them, can, just cannot do it. And I feel and, for Baker on that part. And that's. Bringing this back to the Lions, what you said, Lucas, is is basically how I feel. If if we're gonna if we're gonna go if we're gonna start sunsetting Stafford, whether that means trading him, you know, cutting him, you know, kind of keeping him on in a mentorial role, right? Going forward, you have to hire Greg Roman. There is no other. There's no Plan B. You throw. The Brinks struck at him. 
If he wants to have Bill O'Brien-esque responsibility, fucking give it to him. Give him whatever he needs to hire assistants. Because you need a guy who, who resurrected Alex Smith, developed Kaepernick, and developed Lamar Jackson to be your head coach. This isn't some kind of bullshit. He was already surrounded by greatness, right? This isn't Adam Gase who just like, who just patted Peyton on the ass for three years and everyone thought he was a quarterback whisperer. This guy has a proven track record of success. And if you're going to bring in new blood and a new guy in the quarterback room, you need that guy. You can't fuck around and hire Robert Sala. As cool of a story as it would be, right? Can't deny that the free press would fucking come in their pants about a Dearborn native coming home to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. I don't think he even want it. But you no, can't. I don't think he wants to touch this. No. You can't. You, if you're going to go get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, you need Greg Roman as your head coach. There's no other option. Any other option besides Greg Roman is a fucking failure. Or Biennemi. I think Biennemi would be fine if you let him. I think he's plan B. Plan is it like a plan B? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Biennemi's a plan B, I guess. Biennemi I would be fine with if we were gonna keep if we were gonna if we were just gonna try to ride it out with Stafford. But if we're truly thinking about bringing in a new quarterback, it's Greg Roman or bust in my eyes. You can't Biennemi would be Biennemi would be a failure. That's that's my personal feeling. If it's, I don't, I think I think that I think Patrick Mahomes was more Andy Reid's doing than Eric Bieniemy, and I don't. It's Greg Roman or bust, straight up. I think that's fair. And I mean, looking at this draft, you have three franchise quarterbacks in it with obviously Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. And there's always that other guy who comes out of nowhere. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to be in a position if you're in the top five to seven picks to land one of them. And if not, you have Sinai uh, Panay from Oregon, who's supposed to be this Orlando Pace type tackle. You have a couple other guys, but really you just need to make the decision. Is it Stafford or is it not Stafford? And I'm personally on the it's not Stafford. So It's nothing against Stafford. I. It's not his fault. I just but he's also not the solution. It's a yeah. shame because he's done – so much in the, in games where they've come back and actually won, like under Caldwell, and you, you kind of want to see him succeed, but it might it might end up if he gets traded, like uh, all the fucking Tigers who went and won rings with teams for like three years in a row. You know, it could be something like that. Like seeing Stafford get a ring with another team would just break Lions fans' hearts even more than what they're going through right now. I just – Stafford would have been the guy four years ago, and that's what sucks, is like Martha Ford or Sheila Hamp Ford or whoever the fuck has been running the team for the past X, X amount of years, right? They, they did this to Matthew Stafford. It wasn't – if they had just made the correct hire – in 2016 or 2017, whatever the fuck, in either – if they had just let Quinn – here's the thing, right, is that even if 
Quinn was allowed to fire fire Caldwell after he got hired, which he should have. He should have been allowed to fire Caldwell. You bring in a new GM, you let him bring in, you let him bring in his own coach. That was totally mismanaged on Martha's part. And he would have brought in Patricia, and Patricia still would have fucking sucked because he's Matt Patricia. And but at least we would be in a position where we could have hired other we would have been past this by now. We would have had a new coach, new GM, probably a new president, and we would be fine. And it just it's fucking ridiculous to <coughs> that it's week one of the NFL season, and you can already see that this team just doesn't have it. They don't want to play. And okay, breaking news. Yep. Uh, the Big Ten's going to play this season. Yep. Two weeks they're going to start practicing, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you didn't hear it here first because we post this podcast on Thursdays, but we found out about it before you did go fuck yourselves. Uh, We're going to talk Well, we don't have time to talk about the uh, amazing do Rita. Oh, Oh yeah. I got time for the do Rita. So folks, I don't know. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Um, Red lobster tweeted this earlier. I have no idea if this is a joke or not. It's 2020, so I'm going to say it's not a joke. Um, It's big, it's green, and it tastes even more incredible than it looks. Introducing the new Dugarita. Um, No no other information about it. The picture they attach to it is this margarita glass with this electric green slush inside of it and the glass is rimmed with what I can only assume is tagine. Fellas, I sent this to you earlier. What do you think of the Dugarita? I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> I I don't understand the logic behind it other than just to get people in the doors of the fine establishment known as Red Lobster, whose best dish is a side a side dish that you get with every meal, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. But, I mean, Mountain Dew is really hard to drink. Like, fuck, it, you, like, you feel like you drink it, your teeth are going to rot out. And when you add it into a margarita, it's going to get you drunk and you're going to have a huge sugar rush. And you're going to have a huge crash. I don't know what, if it was Pepsi's idea or Red Lobster's idea, because I know Red Lobster isn't owned by Pepsi unless something's happened recently. Like It's just a weird thing to advertise. Brett, your, your initial reaction to the Dugarita. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's cool. I mean, it's going to – we kind of saw with McDonald's with the Travis Scott meal, any type of thing that can get people to come to your establishment is always going to be a good idea. I mean, we saw with Popeye's versus Chick-fil-A, the spicy sandwich, that competition, that was just absolutely nuts. The Travis Scott thing, that's become viral. 
I don't know if this uh, this uh, Dugarita is going to be on that level, but I think it'll, it's it'll something it, I think most people are going to want to try. If, if you're a fan of Taco Bell, you're probably going to try this at some point, if you're of age. Funny, funny story. Uh, when I first started drinking alcohol in high school, the first thing I drank was um, UV Blue. Um, it's this blue raspberry flavored vodka. It's $13 a fifth. And I would mix it with Mountain Dew Voltage. So to see Mountain Dew mixed with alcohol again makes me fucking repulsed down to my core. <laughs> um, this sounds like something... Like, I bring up drinking as a teenager because this sounds like something a teenager would make up. Right. Like, you reached into the back of the parents' liquor cabinet, pulled out, pulled out some, like, El Toro tequila that's been in there for 14 years that the parents aren't going to know is missing. And then he went out to the garage and grabbed a can of his dad's Mountain Dew and poured it in a blender and then fucking put it in a glass. And he and all his friends snuck sips of it after his parents went to bed. That's what this thing sounds like. It sounds like the concoction of a high school sophomore who is drinking for the third time ever and is just flying by the seat of his pants. It's just a weird combination, but it's just to get people in the But you door. know what? It fucking worked because we're talking about it. So, you know, egg on... It's- it's it's gonna get people in the door for three four weeks and then it's gonna fizzle out. Yeah, like the Travis like Scott meal is pretty cool. I I saw someone putting a, the 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 empty box to their burger with like lettuce and shit still in there. For, someone put on eBay for like thirteen hundred bucks. <laughs> people are selling the receipts for like two hundred bucks. It's a quarter pounder <laughs> with bacon. Yeah. You can, you can customize that on the McDonald's app and get that any fucking time you want, not just for a limited time. All right. So um, we haven't done a draft on this show somehow. And for our first one, we're going to build our own MSU basketball starting five because this is an MSU podcast after all, despite what the haters and losers of which there are many say about the content of this podcast um so here's how it's going to work we're going to do a snake style draft and we're going to build a starting five so we determine the draft order beforehand the draft order is going to be brett lucas and then me uh we're we're going snake style somehow because there's three of us i don't know but uh whatever whatever we're going snake style brett the honor is yours. Pick number one. Give me the goat of MSU athletics, Magic Johnson. Ooh, great pick. Very predictable. I kind of thought I kind of thought someone else was going to go number one, but that Braden Burke. Braden Burke still on the board. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> okay, for number two overall pick, center Brayton. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to take cash. He's, he's there. He's, he's the best player available. I mean, I toyed with Kalen Lucas because I loved him when I was in my twenties, but I'm going with cash at that point. That's a good pick. I mean, I'm going with cash. 
the first round is pretty much a no-brainer. Right. Uh, my first pick, I'm going Steve Smith. Ooh. I'm throwing it back a little bit, but uh, that's who I'm taking. And then for my second pick, I'm taking Miles Bridges. Okay. Hmm. So it's back to me. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take – sorry, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to take – hmm. Give me – fuck, I'm, I'm taking Bryn Forbes. I, I want three-point shooting. Give me Bryn Forbes as the other guard. Bryn Forbes. It's kind of reached. You kind of reached a little bit there. You know, that's Lucas and reaching in drafts. Name a better that's duo. That's my thing. <laughs> I can make it work. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to get shit for this too. But sorry, go ahead. All right, Brett, you're. You get two picks coming up. I'm going to take Draymond Green. He's going to be my my four. And then with my next pick, I kind of bounce back and forth on this one. I really love guard play, so I'm going to go with uh, Denzel Valentine. Mm. Great pick. <sighs> okay, I am going to take Mo Pete. All right. Get forward, Morris Peterson. Send it in, Mo Pete. All right, let's see. So I have I have a guard. Um, man, this is this hard. Yeah. I have a shooting guard and I have a wing, so I need a point guard. Um, you know what? I'm going to take Gary Harris. Ooh, good one. Um, I'm going to take Gary Harris. And then um, I'm going to need another wing. Um, man. Um, it's hard, man. Um, I don't want to pick all modern players, but, you know, fuck. Uh, I'm going to take JJJ. I'm going to take oh. Jared Jackson Jr. Oh, bitch. <laughs> that was mine. Oh. As soon as you said modern players, I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to take Jaron Jackson. Yeah, I just I, – I, I couldn't yeah. – I couldn't um, – I wouldn't say recency bias, but, like, you know them. You know, you're more familiar with them. Right. I mean, they were the guys I, you know, I paid attention to the most because they were around when I was in school, so. Uh, man, dream on green. I'm looking at the 0809 roster. I would pick healthy Delvon Rowe, but, I mean, he was never healthy, and that's not really anything he can do. It's like five minutes a game. Right, which is a goddamn shame. Um, I'm going to take Tillman as my other forward. Fuck, I thought I was going to snatch him last. I, I've been zeroing in on X. Since you took Jaron Jackson, I'm taking Tillman. That's, that's, that's pretty fair retribution, I suppose. <laughs> All right, Brett. You have two picks coming off on the back end. Who are you taking? Yeah, so I'm going to fill my slot at the three. Give me Greg Kelser. Okay. Wow, that's a good one. Deep cut. Yeah, I mean, he, what, he's probably 
top four, top five all time. I mean, yeah. I didn't ever get to see him play, but his stat line, it's pretty impressive. Um, so I got to fill out my center position. I really wanted to take X. I'm not happy that he's gone. Um, what I'm going to do, Draymond, known for small ball, I'm moving him to the five, and I'm adding Zebo as my okay. four. So give me Zach Randolph. Even, even Zebo can run a little. Even Zebo can run a little five. So you got a oh, little. Absolutely. You got a little versatility there. I like that. Uh, Lucas. Okay, my center. Well, you already have a center. You, well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to draft, but you kind of – Xavier is my tallest player. You kind of need another wing. I've got Br- Bryn Forbes and Cassius Winston as my guards. Um, I kind of want a little more presence down low. So, I re- man, I, I – Let's see. I've got Mopi. I've got yeah. Okay, I'm taking. I need. I want a center. Center. I'm taking Paul Davis. Okay. I was gonna pick Sutan, but I really, really like Paul Davis. All right. So for my last pick, uh, you know, I wanted to get someone with a lot of heart, someone who can be the emotional, the emotional, you know, kind of kind of atmosphere of the team, uh, you know, a guy who um, just has a lot of scrap is just kind of never gives up. Um, so <laughs> I, I have taken with my final pick, uh, the one, the only, Braden Burke. I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm fucking, hey, hey. yeah, I'm fucking around. I'm taking, I'm taking big pudding. Give me Nick Ward. Okay, I was I was thinking about him too. Either him or X. Yeah. So I didn't even look anything up. This is just off the top of my head. Uh, right. So, uh, shout out to CC's medium sized home, our spreadsheet bitch for uh, for recording, taking all of this down. Um, you know, we'll we'll post uh, when I post the podcast. I'll post the spreadsheet, and then I'll post the I'll post a, a poll to see who who had the best team. Uh, Lucas, yours is pretty evenly distributed throughout throughout eras. Right. I, I wanted like you know X would be fine down low, but I wanted like a straight up center center because X was a little more versatile than Paul Davis could be, and Paul Davis was he's kind of remembered for like a shitty moment against Gonzaga, but like he was fucking he was really fucking good and really fucking consistent. That's what I wanted, and Mo Pete was the man. Yeah, um, Brett. I, you know, Brett's got a sneaky team. Mine, mine. I just, mine. I just pick players from the last six years. So <laughs> I, I don't. I think I'm going to come in third. Um, I was oh, really all teams. They all have their strengths and weaknesses. It would be yeah. fun to put them in like a simulator and see how they do. Oh, Lucas, I was really hoping you would have reached for Miles so I could grab. So I could have grabbed Cassius and I could have grabbed Cassius and JJJ back to back. That would have been. I, I love Miles, but I don't – I mean, he's a prospect. You know, he's an all-time great player for MSU, but, like, accomplishments-wise, I would say it was lacking and it wasn't all his fault. But, you know, I I was going to pick, like, Jaron Jackson over Miles. I think Jaron Jackson was amazing in his one year. and I'm not saying Miles wasn't amazing, but it was just kind of tough. Like, he wasn't in my plans unless – 
you know, unless you guys pick guys that I wouldn't expect to, you to take. Yeah, I don't think I'm anyone really – put it down nicely, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think anyone kind of uh, – I don't think anyone kind of reached – kind of reach for anybody here or had any surprises i think um, maybe forbes i took a little early but man he i just love watching him play like when he when he started he, he was very raw when he first transferred to msu but like to see him grow when tom Izzo supposedly can't develop nba players you know according to a couple of um people on michigan twitter like it was so cool to see that shit happen with, with him Oh man, Miami's fucking rolling. You know, the one thing that's kind of crazy um that uh that nobody included uh in this, you know, is is we don't have we don't have we don't have very many Flintstones, I think. No, I think I'm the only one. Yeah, I think you're. I think Mo Pete's the only Flintstone on on here. So we're gonna no Mateen. No, no Mateen. No. Uh, if no Anthony Mull, no. No Antonio. If I were Smith. third, I would probably have gone Mateen Mo Pete back to back, and then figured out the rest. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure uh, if you were second, you would have taken Cassius. It's a. Uh, it's kind of. I'm gonna take a Mateen. I don't know. It's tough. Like you, I don't think you can really lose with either one. Kalen Lucas is sneakily, like with Cash, you know, becoming what he was. Like people forget more about how great Kalen Lucas was when he was fully healthy, and how we would have won a national championship if he didn't tear his Achilles. Shout out Zanjo. Yeah. Um. Shout out. Shout out Zanjo. <laughs> uh shout out Zanjo for crafting an incredibly stupid tweet on Bacon Wire and making it sound like the Big Ten is gonna do a Final Four style championship, which sounds dope, but isn't gonna happen, isn't what we meant. So Can't that wasn't Zanjo. Oh, who was it? He might he might be on this podcast. And it's you... not Come on, man. <laughs> I can't. Well, can I just say why? Can I say why? Yeah. We received an anonymous tip that included maybe verbiage from an email, which we may have copied close to verbatim, which is why that tweet sounds like it was from, I don't want to say their name. (laughs) (sighs) I take, I take all responsibility. All right. It was mostly my fault. Okay, it was all my fault. I appreciate you stepping up. Uh, Very brave of you. Yeah. Very, it's like almost like a Kendall Jenner brave. Yeah. Like she admitted yeah. that she smokes weed. Yeah, or when she handed um or when she handed that uh yeah, or when she handed the Pepsi to the cop. That uh that's stunning stunning and brave. Very stunning and brave. All right, fellas. All uh, right. That's all we got for this week. Um fuck uh-huh. Matt Patricia. Uh, fuck Bob Quinn. Fuck the Detroit Lions. Just fuck, fuck everything, man. Like, we'll be back here next week after Green Bay hangs like forty nine on them. Yeah, my mouth, you know, my mouth might get, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go down and watch it with one of my 
uh, Green Bay Packers friends. You know how to keep so, me shout out to you, Lunder, you, you know fucking asshole. You um, I can't wait you to sit to sit at a bar and listen to you fucking cook the lines for three hours. That'll be fun. Fellas, we're out. Big Ten football is back. Go green. Go white. Go sponge. This tension Are you looking through me every time? Got me out here Got me thinking what I would do Got me in my head Got me wishing I was with you God, I'm wishing I was with you I'll be outside I've been cooped up Bloodshot I need